Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, I hope that you have had a blessed week and uh, that you keep your heart open to what God has for you and uh, that uh, you allow him to speak into your lives. And we, we need to be challenged by what he says to us through his by his spirit and by his word so that we can be continue to be transformed you know i don't want to be the same uh tomorrow as i am today just the way it is right i don't want to be the same yeah there are some things that we need to keep the same right we know that we understand that but uh, and when it comes to our faith but we but we want to be able to grow from place to place from level to level and to grow closer to him and to be stronger in our relationship with the lord and and this morning, I'm going to talk to you about this. It's a rest, faith, and obedience. And uh, those, uh, those don't seem like, you may say, well, I don't know if those really go together. They really do go together. And uh, we're going to look together out of the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, and so you can get your Bible there. We'll have some scriptures there. And I, I didn't put them all up there today, but, uh, but there may be some that you can, uh, you can find. And maybe you have it on your phone or in your Bible. So what, what kind of rest are you looking for? What kind of rest are you looking for? For so, so many people are living uh, in the frenzy of life and uh, they miss out on the rest that God can give them. And, and if you could see a speedometer on their head, it would probably continually say 100 miles an hour. Have you ever known somebody like that? Uh, it looks like they've got a speedo on their head and it says 100 miles an hour. They just nonstop keep rolling, keep going. And, and many people live there. They live there. And sure, for all of us, we have those times in life uh, where we do run really fast. And uh, I heard a pastor the other day on a podcast, and he was talking about how he had been running fast, and it really kind of got to him. He realized that he had to take a break because he had a three-month section of his life that was going to run really hard, and then things would slow down. Sometimes that's, that's the way it is. And we live that way in life at times, and we have those times where we run really fast, but, but we can't stay there all the times. Uh, and uh, sometimes people feel like uh, they, they say, well, you know what, I, I don't run 100 miles an hour anymore. I just kind of take it as it comes. I, I, I relax and such. But, but there's times when you can enter back into that frenzy if you're not careful. And, and because there's more to that, they may, not, they may not be doing something either. Have you seen those people who don't really aren't, they're really not doing anything, but they're running in a frenzy? Uh, and, but, it, but if you had to slow down, it, it may be the time to rest and listen to what God is saying. What was spoken before in that word, they didn't know what I was going to say there. But if we aren't careful, we can stay at the 100-mile-an-hour mark all the time because we haven't put our faith in the right things. That's a key. Other times we can stay at the 100-mile-an-hour mark because we are ignoring the obedience factor. Uh, what's the obedience factor? Well, it, it, it's that place where we have chosen to do what we want to do instead of what the Holy Spirit really wants us to do. It's that obedience factor. 
Uh, and uh, it's, it's, the way, it's that area where we start uh, doing our own, uh, our own thing and uh, we ignore what God has for us. So we get going so fast that we can't or we won't hear and listen to the direction of the Lord. There are times that we need to be able to slow down and listen. And I know that we don't always live like we are setting still. We still have to live. We still have to do the things that are required of us, right? If we have a family, then we have to raise that family. We have to tend to the business. Or just in living life, we have to do those things. But uh, there are times that we have to keep moving. But, uh, and uh, there are times that we do need to stand still. And if you know me very well, you know that I really enjoy cars. That's something, just a, a hobby I like. They're, they're, a, they're a hobby, they're enjoyment to me. I enjoy those things. And, and when I was young, I, I, it was such a thrill to be able to run to, uh, uh, jump into the car and go for a race and do those kind of things. Actually, I enjoy them building. I enjoy building them more than I do that part of it. But, uh, uh, but, but, but the race itself is thrilling. It, it felt so good to pull up by a competitor and uh, at the starting line, and, uh, and you're getting ready to go, waiting for that green light, and you're, you're ready to head down that track at 100 mile an hour plus, and, and, uh, and hopefully you'll win. I've been on both sides of that. And uh, times I didn't make it even to 100, so, especially when I was young. Uh, but uh, it, it takes, uh, but remember, you, you can't stay at 100 mile an hour plus all the time in your life. It takes work to get there, and it, it takes maintenance and tuning to be able to stay there. And you, and you also have to pass the technical inspection. There's, there's things you have to do. I, I remember one time when uh, years ago when KCIR, Kansas City Inter International Raceway, was still going. I think it's gone now. But I remember going and going through tech inspection, and they looked at me, and they said, look, you have too many inches of rubber fuel line. I'm like, what? They said, if you don't, they said, we're going to let you run this time, but if you don't fix that, next time you will not run. I said, okay. I, I took the warning. So one time they told me that, and uh, basically it's like this. They were saying, you need to follow the guidebook. You have to follow, you have to follow, follow the rules, and you have to trust the guidebook. And so basically, they're saying, I need to be able to trust them and the rules. I had to trust the guidebook. Another part of this is that you have to maintain the car and you have to take care of yourself and get rest. Uh, and, and if you don't, the car may fly apart and uh, you and others may be hurt in the process of that. I've seen that happen. And if you don't rest, you may not be able to react well enough to drive safely. So today, you have uh, the opportunity to get the right kind of rest, the right kind of rest, and put your faith in the guidebook, the Bible, and learn to obey God with trust. It's easier said than done, isn't it? It's a process he takes us through, and, and we're, we're going to read over in the book of Hebrews 4 here. But to, to give you a little reminder about uh, this letter in the Bible, and, uh, and you've got to consider a couple of things. This was written to believers, to Christians who were, they were facing some persecution and were being tempted to compromise their faith and actually return back to their practices of Judaism. Because, uh, and, and, and so the Holy Spirit, through the writer, encourages them to persevere or to keep focused and moving forward in their faith 
Let's look together, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, and it says this. Therefore, since the promise of entering uh, his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it or to miss it, uh, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. See, faith, obedience, all these things together. And, and then he says in verse 3 now, Now we who, who, have, uh, who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And, and again, uh, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. So he's, he's not just talking about the Sabbath. You got to get it. You got to understand what he's saying. He's not just talking about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is in Christ. It's a part of it, and he's kind of explaining, trying to help us understand. But Hebrews is, is writing about them, and he's writing about we, and he's referring to Moses and the Israelites and how they were looking for that place of rest in their promised land. That God had a place of rest for them in the promised land, a special place, a promised place for them. And for, for many of them, they, they messed up and they didn't enter because of issues of faith, and obedience got in their ways. It got in their way. So they had to, how, you, you, can't, you don't get the rest until you get those things. But for, for us as followers of Jesus, those he calls we, in the letter here, our, our rest is much more than just a great place to call home on this earth. It includes heaven itself. It includes heaven itself, but not just heaven, not only that, uh, it's that place of rest is found inside our relationship with God, our rest in Jesus Christ himself, in the Messiah. And if you, you look at this phrase, uh, uh, fallen short here in, verse, uh, uh, in the first verse, uh, you see here in Hebrews uh, 4, 1, he says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us, uh, let us be careful that none of you uh, be found to have fallen short of it or miss it, miss out on it. So that, that, that fallen short, that, that phrase there is really is important for, or we could say miss it. It's a, it's a reference to the races, the Grecian races, the races in Greece. Uh, and, and the person that, that fell short was somebody who could be at any distance in the race. They could be halfway, they could be a quarter away, they could be three quarters, they may be seven-eighths of the distance, uh, and, but they still are, they're behind the winner. They're far enough behind the winner. It, uh, will it help us if we get close to heaven, but we, are disqualif we disqualify ourselves before we arrive? to run well, and yet to let the devil, the world, or the flesh to hinder you in the last few steps. Because that can happen, right? Because sometimes we go along in this life, we're running well, we get there, maybe we're halfway there, maybe we're three quarters of the way there, and all of a sudden we let 
of those little foxes that spoil the vine come in, or we let something that let the enemy throw things at us, and we say, hey, this is an idea. Maybe this is better than what I'm doing now, so I'm going to run that direction. And the, and the Lord is saying, no, don't run that direction. Run towards me and my plan for your life. And, and uh, so we, we have to make sure that we don't run in that fashion and we don't miss it. We have to watch out and be clear-headed. Some would say, uh, say sober-minded. We need to be sober-minded. We need to be able to think through these things. I know when I do, mar- uh, when I do uh, wedding ceremonies, a lot of times I talk about being sober, coming into this soberly, right? In other words, being aware of what's happening, be, pay attention, and, uh, and think, about, think things through a little bit. And so consider what I said about car races here, how it relates to this and how it illustrates you you can't stay at 100 mile an hour plus all the time. It takes maintenance and tuning to be able to stay there. It's kind of like Hebrews is telling us to stay up on things and allow the Lord to keep working in your life so that, so that you don't fall short. We need, to, we need to stay up on some tuning, right, in our lives. That's why we're here. That's why when we get up in the morning, we have to pull, maybe pull out our phone or pull out a devotional, kind of help ourselves to be able to re-engage and allow the Lord to work in our lives to help us in the days ahead. But so we, we always have to be working on that, and we don't want to fall short. He says that the promise to enter uh, his rest still stands. Aren't you glad it's still available for us? I'm glad. Don't give up no matter how high the pressure gets, because the pressure will get high at times in your life, right? The pressure does get high and will get high at times in your life. And in those times, even more than the norm, we need to be able to look to the Lord and allow him to be able to help us in those times. But it's important that we, uh, we prepare ourselves in advance so that we can be ready when the pressure does come, because it will come. Like I said, if you're, if you're racing a car, you have to make sure that thing is ready. You don't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to run without oil this time because I don't care. I'm not going to check the oil. Well, you may make it 10 feet down the track. We don't want to be that way. Not in our walk with Jesus. We want to make sure that the oil of the Holy Spirit is working inside of our lives and he is working in us. We, we need to keep his presence in us we, if we're going to continue pushing on. The first thing here, I haven't even got to the first point yet. We're going to get to it. don't have a lot of points, though, so you're good. But the first point is this. Faith is part of entering that place of rest. Faith is part of entering that place of rest. It's trust. Uh, look at verse 2 here with me again. It says this. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the measure, the message they heard was of no value to them. Boy, I don't want to be caught in that place. It was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. It wasn't mixed with faith. So we, we can listen and uh, read all we want, but there is a point when we must mix faith with the promises of God. We all must. And it's going to look a little different to each and every one of us. It doesn't matter who we are. It's going to look a little different, and that's fine. 
uh, but, but we need to allow the Lord to work in our lives and yield ourselves to him. So we, we can struggle with, with all this at times. We can listen and we can struggle with this, and, and we do. And it's interesting to me that the Hebrew, Hebrews says that the message didn't have value since they didn't share the faith of those who obey. So faith and obedience walk hand in hand. They walk together. In fact, James says it this way. I think it's James chapter 2, verse 26, and he says this, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So faith and deeds really do come together. And, and sometimes even the early reformers in the 1500s, they, they didn't know if they, they liked uh, the book of James because of how it dealt with works and faith. And, uh, and, but they finally got a little balanced out there, and we start to understand what, what is happening here. But faith and works goes together. Don't fall short of your faith. And we can see the promise that God gave Moses and the Israelites, but, but afterwards they grumbled a little bit, right? They, uh, and here's one of those promises that they had. is one of them in Deuteronomy. Uh, I don't have it on the screen for you. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Uh, it, it says this. Uh, uh, he says, Then I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given you the land. Go up and take possession of it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, told you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So at this point, God was giving them a promised land. He was saying, hey, this promised land is for you. You guys are here, uh, and this promised land is available for you here in the location of the hill country. And it was, it was going to be a place of rest for them. We all have those places of rest that God wants to provide for us. And if they were willing to take what God was giving them, it was going to be a place of rest. That's what you got to remember there. That's hard to understand sometimes, isn't it? It's like, God, why is it that we have to do something? Why do we have to work at something? Then we get rest. It's like, that's my way. We don't always understand God's ways, but he, he teaches us and he trains us and he tries to help us. But, but they had to match their faith with deeds. And that's really what we're seeing in this. We have to be able to match our faith with deeds and as we follow the Lord. And sometimes it's not always totally clear, but we still walk with him and we ask him to help us as we go along. And so they, they, if, if their faith and work, works match, they would see victory and they would see rest in their lives. Sometimes it takes time though, right? Sometimes God does the instantaneous miracle. But like, like I was talking to the Sunday school, Sunday school class this morning, it's like even, even though uh, we see the big miracle, we think of the big miracle, but usually there's a lot of other little miracles there that God is doing as well. God's doing other things, and sometimes we, we see the one miracle, we say, thank God for that, we praise God, and we should. But sometimes there's more that comes with that as well, and we need to be willing to allow God to work in our lives and allow Him to speak into our lives and to help us. Too many times we can get to the place where the Israelites were in the grumbles. Have you ever been there? 
I would say probably 100% of all people have been in the grumbles. They've grumbled a little bit. They've been frustrated a little bit about whatever it is in their life. And, uh, and uh, we've, all, we've all been there in some way or the other. Now, Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 2 to 4, says this. Uh, Numbers chapter 14, it says, All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they, and they said to each other, We should just choose a leader and go back to Egypt. What a novel idea. We can just do that. We can go back there, and that's what we know. That's what we were used to. Uh, we were familiar to that, and uh, so they could do that. It's easier, it's easier for us to look back in retrospect. For us, as we read this, and we kind of look, and maybe we even snicker to ourselves at times. But when we're in the same situation as the people of Israel were in, uh, and uh, we, don't get, we don't snicker very much about that, do we? Uh, we don't, because we may be do, wanting to do the same kind of thing. It's, uh, if you think about it, these people were actually considering returning to the slavery which they had been asked, they, which they had asked God to release them from. They were in a situation that was not nice at all. It was not a good situation at all. And there they were, and God, and God is working in their life, and he's bringing them out. But it's a process because that's the way he works on us. That's the way he, he molds us and makes us. That's the way he shapes our character. And, and we, we're not to the place that we are now simply because of one thing God did in our life. Now, there may be one thing that God did in our life that changed the whole trajectory of our lives as individuals or as a family, but there are other things that he wants to do in our lives, and he wants to finish his work, and he wants to continue to mold us as he needs to. <clears throat> we don't tend to like that part, though, do we? It's like, okay, God, do the one miracle, let it be done, and we'll keep moving on. But no, that's not usually the way he works because he's working on our character. He's working on all different kinds of things about our lives. And maybe we don't get it all, but he does. And he sees it, and he sees what he wants to do because he sees the end product, doesn't he? He sees you in the end. He foreknew you. He knew you. And so, uh, you know, you can imagine what the people of Israel were feeling, and if, if this was unknown and scary for them. Uh, you, let's be real honest, they were scared. They, they heard about the promise, but, but they were dead spiritually, uh, kind of as, uh, in some sense, because not every one of them, but many of them. In, in James chapter 2, verse 26, as we read earlier, it says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. They had to be able to step out in faith, just like when they came across the Red Sea. They had to be able to step out in faith, and later they would come across the Jordan I think most of us don't want to say it, but uh, we've been there too. We've been there too at times in our lives. 
You know, I've been, you and I have been there, and in, in the beginning of April, <clears throat> the beginning of April, we realized that as a church that we needed a miracle on the sale of the farm. Because really, uh, we had we had even I had even marked it down on my personal calendar, which I write down things so I remind myself. Otherwise, uh, I may forget. And so, uh, but 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 I wrote at the end of that calendar that these words, I said, "Sell farm by today." Because I what the first sale had fallen through, things didn't work well without it. And uh, but God had a plan. God had a plan, and we 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 knew God had a plan going into it. But then when you get into it, you're like, okay, God, what are you doing here? Uh, and uh, and so here, you know, the, the the that former deal fell through. You had a cooling a real estate market, and, and different things were happening. And and sometimes we uh, we wondered and prayed, God, are you, are you really going to do this, or what are you going to do? See, faith without deeds is dead, so we as a board had to take action. We had to walk through some things, and, and then we were surprised. So 20 days before my calendar note, sell farm by today, and I told you last week, uh, God provided that unexpected buyer. He did it, and, uh, and boy, did I sweat bullets. <laughs> some of the others did too. And, uh, but, but the Lord brought us through, and, and it's in those times like that, you say, God, are, are you there with us? And he's like saying, well, I haven't moved. I'm right here with you. But see, what happens to us as individuals uh, is we get fo so focused on uh, some of the things that we see in front of us uh, that, that we don't notice the hand of God always, and we have to be able to keep our ears open Keep our eyes open and recognize what God is doing. But when he does take action, it may be at 1159. Sometimes that's the way it is. And I think maybe he does that at times just simply to be able to remind us, look, I'm here. I'm here right up to now, and I did it on time. You're like, God, can't you be faster? <laughs> Have you, have you ever been there in your life? Uh, you know, God, can't you be faster with this thing? Maybe it's a family member that's struggling and they need the Lord. It could be so many things in our lives. And we say, God, we've asked you for this for five years. Well, look, Abraham and Sarah, 25 years before God gave a promised child. Sometimes the things we, we have to wait for and we have to trust God for them in his timing. His timing doesn't always look like ours, but we need to be able to trust Him, and we need to be able to make sure that we rest in Him and put our trust and our faith to work. So the second thing is this. Second thing is obedience is part of entering that rest. Obedience is actually part of entering that rest in our, in our walk with Jesus. Now, nobody likes that word anymore. People don't like it anyway, but obedience, wow, that's for kids. No, that's actually for all of us uh, if we're going to follow the Lord. And look at what he says there in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. He says, therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience. We should take note of that. Then in verse 7, it says, God again set a, set a certain day, calling it today. 
This he, this he did when a long time later he spoke through David as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews really gives us a reminder that God still gives us an opportunity. He gives us a reminder as individuals, as a body, uh, an opportunity. And some of the people from years back didn't get it to get to enter the rest that God meant for them uh, to enjoy. I, I, it, it's not that God didn't want it for them. I think they chose not to. I don't think that there is anyone he doesn't want to enjoy the rest that he doesn't want to enjoy that rest. We know it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We know Scripture tells us that. And some of you have been running, you've been running the 100-mile-an-hour mark for too long. You've been willing to release yourself into the hand. You have to be willing to release yourself into the hands of the Lord. And don't, don't uh, get into the place of disobedience. Don't run into the place like that where it can pull you down or pull you away from His plan for your life and for the work that He has for you to do as an individual because obedience, obedience is part of entering the place of rest in your life. Don't you want rest? After you've run hard, think about it. You know what happens when you see somebody run the 400 meter around a track. They run that 400 meter, and when they come to the end, they usually don't just stand around and say, oh, what's a nice day, and start talking for a while to you. No, because they're trying to keep their breath. They're exhausted. They're worn out. And, and uh, to be able to get to that place of rest, we have to obey. Maybe they're going to walk it off, and then after they walk it off, drink some water, and then they're going to sit down and, and going to let that rest come in their lives. But there's some things that we have to do, too. We have to be able to obey and follow Him. God has a plan for each and every one of us. If a race car had enough fuel to race day in and day out, you know, if that thing kept going, it would finally blow apart because it can't handle that. And those, some of those engines are $100,000. Some of them are more than that. And it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, likely the tire's going to blow first, right? Uh, but if they had enough fuel and say the tires didn't blow uh, the rest, of it, it's going to come apart. And then if it's not that, then it's going to be the driver error because the driver is going to be so exhausted at some point. Finally, he's probably going to nod off or something. I don't know how you can nod off in a car that it's running 110 decibels. But, but, but I, I don't know. But, but there they would be, and finally that something would come, come loose. As Hebrews says, today, if you hear his voice, Do not harden your hearts. Soften your heart before God and, and let Him know that you are willing to follow His path for your life. There's no better place to be. doesn't mean it's comfortable. It's not always comfortable following our Lord. So why do we harden our hearts? Why does that happen to us? Why, why do we do that? There, there, are, there are different reasons. One may be that we're scared or fear, fearful that the outcome may not be what we wanted in the end. Another way, 
Another may be that we're concerned that if we do things God God's way, it may we may end up hurt. It may not may not go well for us. And so, uh, but look at Israel. They were they were so worried that they would end up hurt that they would rather kick Moses out and then go back to slavery in Egypt. That's basically what was happening to them. It's crazy that that's how the, the mind and the emotions think, but that's what was happening with them. They were faced, they were in such struggle uh, that they, they just wanted to do that. But you have to let God's promises and his guidance reveal how to live and let your life not ru be ruled by your emotions. That's easier said than done, right? It is. It's much easier said than done, but we have to be able to find a balance there. Now, we have those that take their emotions and say emotions are bad, and they shut them down. And so they live without emotions, and that's destructive because God did not design a human being like that. God designed a human being to have emotions, to have a will, uh, to have a mind. All those things are important. So we can't just shut those things down. That's unhealthy. I've seen that happen. And they, it's not good. I remember seeing a missionary that went through that, and I'll just leave it at that. And that was not good for that family. It, it harmed them. See, for us as followers of Jesus, we need to, yes, we, we have those emotions. We need to be aware of them, but we need to be able to keep a balance there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 says this, For if Joshua had given them rest, God, God would not not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for, our, for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. Friends, there's a Sabbath in Christ. And as you see the next verse there, he says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. We don't want to run that direction. Oh, the natural man wants to, right? We all know that because we're natural human beings and we know the natural man wants to run his own direction and do whatever we want to because maybe we think it's more comfortable. Well, maybe more comfortable for a period of time until things just kind of come apart and then we have to go back to the Lord and get, get some help from him. But, but we see that obey, obedience is really a powerful place in the kingdom of God and many don't take advantage of it. We don't think about that very much, but let me say it again. Obedience is really a powerful place in the kingdom of God, and many don't take advantage of it. So it, it can take us to the place of rest, and the problem is, is that we let our human nature rule our lives so much that obedience appears like we are unfaithful to ourselves. I don't know if you've thought about that before. But sometimes people don't want to obey the Lord in a situation because they feel like, well, I'm not being faithful to who I am. I'm not being faithful to who God uh, made me to be and, or, or these gifts that God give or, or these things that God put in my life. Well, the reality is, is we still need to obey him because when we obey him and we follow his plan, he's got something good out there.
Kind of seems backward, doesn't it? It kind of seems counter, uh, counterintuitive. Uh, if we choose to follow Christ instead of self, it can have a powerful impact in our lives personally and for the kingdom of God. It's like, it's like when you first learned how to drive. If you, if you start to skid sideways on the highway, maybe it's wet or something, you start to skid sideways, you are told to do something that is completely counterintuitive. You're told to tr steer into the skid. Steer into the skid. Why in the world would you steer into the skid? Most of us that have driven for a long time, we don't think anything about it. It's just normal. In fact, most of us don't even think about it. So if you start skidding, you probably automatically steer into that so that you can get lined up again and keep going down the road. But before, we had to learn that, didn't we? We had to be told that by somebody else. And they said, you got to steer into the skid. Otherwise, you're going to land in the median in the middle, or you're going to land off to the side of the road onto the right. And so, but at times when those things happen, we have to know which way to turn. And most of us, we just, we just know that. But when we, when we first learn, we may have just given up and just let it go as it was and shot clear across the highway and hit the guardrail on the other side. Now, we, we know to turn into the skid, but, but it's a powerful action to put you back on the right path. For each of us, we have those actions, that, those actions of obedience when the Holy Spirit says, hey, this is how you need to walk. Or when the Word of God says, this is what you need to do. Then we, we have to all say, okay, Lord, help me to be able to apply that to my life. And uh, faith without works is dead. I have to be able to apply that to my life. And, and that's just the way it is. Obedience is a powerful, is powerful, even though it seems counterintuitive, because when we obey God's plan, we are actually inviting him into our situation. Which is the better thing? To invite him into our situation? Or to let him go. I think we want to invite him into our situation. And sometimes I think we hold God at a distance only because uh, we haven't ob obeyed and to follow through through faith and trust in his guidebook. It, it may seem a little bit, a little bit scary, but uh, he will put things together in his way. And that's when we know, when we know we're following him and obeying him and walking with him. That's when we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's where we see that out of Romans. And to help us understand ourselves and to follow his plan for us, we let God's word take action in our lives. And this is what Hebrews goes on to say in the last couple verses here. He says it in verses 12 and 13. Some of you can stand up and quote it 30 times. But this is what it says in Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to a dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. He sees it all. And then he says, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account give account 
when we, when we read and listen to the Word of God, it helps us to clarify what is right and helps us to understand what is not. It helps us to check out our own thoughts and our own ideas. It helps us uh, to, to check our motives. It helps us to do a checkup on those attitudes of our hearts. The Word of God is a sword that divides and clarifies. It's why it's so important for you and for myself to not only listen to preaching and teaching, but also to read or to listen to the Word of God for yourself. And, and when, when you fill yourself, uh, when you fill yourself up, then it can help you to recognize when your attitude is off and when, when things are right or when they're not when your decision is correct or not. There's been times in my life that I've made decisions and I realized after the fact I had that gut punch kind of, I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, mm -mm, not, not, the right, not the right path. One of those I stayed in for three years. <laughs> Early on in my life, I was learning and growing and the Lord's like, no, that, that's not the right direction. Finally, then he took me the right direction. And actually, after I stepped away from that, that's when he opened the doors that he had for me. It was a little bit of time. wasn't very long, actually. It was probably about six months, and he opened it up. Every situation's different, though, and I'll never forget that. In some ways, uh, you can say it like this. Say you have a box of rocks. Everybody, do you like rocks? Who likes rocks in here? Some, some of you guys, yeah, some of you guys like rocks. My, my grandma, my mom's side, she used to, when we would go out walking on the, because we lived on a dirt road, right, and some gravel, so uh, we would walk down the dirt road side, and she would see these rocks, and she would love them, and she would pick them up, and then for some reason, she lived like 25 minutes away from us, but she would bring those rocks that she enjoyed or make us carry them, and we would come back, and we would put them at the end of one of the buildings at our house, and so those rocks were there for years. She never took them home, <laughs> but, but, but you know, so you have a box of rocks, and some of those rocks are red, and some of those rocks are white, but here's the kicker. You want to keep the red rocks, but they're totally covered with dirt and mud. So what do you do? It's really kind of hard when they're covered with dirt and mud to decipher what color is what. You, you can't tell if it's the red or the white one. So you go to the spigot, you put the hose on the spigot, you turn that spigot on, and then you get out the, the handle for the spray nozzle, and you start washing the mud and the dirt and everything off of those rocks. And then you can see the red ones, and you can see the white ones, and you can pick those red ones up and say, hey, these are the ones I want, right? You can tell what they look like. And that's the way the Word of God is to us. When we allow the Word of God to wash over our life and wash over our thinking and wash over our lives, it, it helps us so that we can see what is right. We can see the different viewpoints that we are holding, and we can allow the Lord to help us to correct them. It's not always easy to do that, though, is it? It's fairly easy to spray the water, though. Then we have a major choice to make. We can follow the guidebook in faith and then choose to obey the direction that he has for us. It's then that we can truly find the rest that God provides for us. It's in that place when we find rest.
It's in that place. I don't know where you're at today. I'm not sure where you're at on this, but have you been running 100 miles an hour and not finding the spiritual rest you need? You could be in church every time, all those things, uh, but it may be that you've even hardened your heart to God's path for you. There may be some certain things that's just in your way, and, and you're going to have to open your will to Him so He can work in you and to bring you to the place of rest that you need. For some, it may be humbling yourself to get help from someone else. Maybe you never wanted to do that, but maybe that's what you have to do. So, some run so hard that they ignore the inevitable, and they're, they're like the infamous child that covers their ears and says, uh, yells out to themselves, I, I can't hear you. Have you seen that? I can't hear you. Maybe you've had kids that do that. I can't hear you. Let the Spirit of God speak to you today. Let him clarify. Let him clarify what's his path for you so that you can follow his will. Then hold firmly. Hold firmly to your faith and trust in him. I like what this last verse, verse 14, it kind of starts the next paragraph there, but verse 14 says this. It says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly, hold firmly to the faith we profess. Hold firmly. Hold on. Hold on to him, to that faith that we profess. We say, we trust you, Lord. Hold firmly to that faith in him. Hold firmly and be willing to step out and act on what he's called it to act in. Let me pray for you this morning. Every one of us are at a different place in our walk with Jesus. And for some of you, you probably know right now here in this place, you say, I know what God's speaking to me about. Maybe for you, you don't know for sure yet. Allow the word of God to continue to wash over your life so you can see the right path that he wants you to walk. Father, I pray for each person, whether they're online with us, Father, whether they're here in this body this morning meeting together, I pray that, Father God, that you would help each and every one, Father, to recognize your will and your plan in their lives, and Father God, to be able to, to, to wash off those things in their lives, to be able to see clearly, to allow the water of your word, the water of your word and the Holy Spirit to work in them, Father, so that they may yield their hearts and their minds to you they will not harden their heart but soften it to you so that you may speak as you will so that you may bring healing that you may bring hope Father for those that are struggling that you may bring a freedom to them that they have not experienced and ultimately Lord that you would bring the rest that you offer. Father, help each one recognize the way to shut off the switch in their life and to turn the switch of your word on in their life. The switch of your Holy Spirit to speak into them. In Jesus' name.